Janet Demita Jo Jackson, Britney Jean Spears, two pop goddesses who entered the music game as kids and grew up to garner more critical and commercial success than their 10-year-old selves could ever dream of. But what else do they have in common? How about controversial connections with two white music artists from whom the clanging chimes of cancellation have rung out for years? Problematic white artist number one, Madonna. She and Ms. Jackson have been embroiled in a legendary rivalry since the 80s, if only in the minds of their diehard fans. And who can forget Britney and Madonna's lesbic link? 2003 MTV Video Music Awards. Britney and Christina Aguilera, dressed in virginal white lingerie, locking lips with an all-black attired Madonna, as Britney's ex-boyfriend watches on ashen-faced. <laughs> what a time. But this episode isn't about Madonna, although God knows she's given us enough draggable content to last a lifetime. No, today we're focusing on the other problematic white pop star, former NSYNC co-frontman, Justin Randall Timberlake. Welcome to Cancelled. I'm your host, Cam, and this is the show where we look back at some of the biggest and most bizarre attempts to cancel people, corporations, and even countries. You may think the subjects of our very rigorous and academic study deserve public disdain. You may think it's all a gross injustice, but it doesn't matter because all of them were judged in the court of public opinion and ultimately canceled. You may have heard of the podcast Juicy Scoop. Wondered what it is? Why aren't you listening? Well, I'm its host. Created it, been doing it for seven years. I'm Heather McDonald of Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Now, I could tell you why you should be listening to my show, but my listeners wanted to write the ad for me, and here are some of the things they said. Not your regular Juicy podcast. Catch up on all the juicy topics from Hollywood and pop culture to true crime and beyond. Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop always has great guests, great laughs, and great gossip. It's a comedian's take on the hottest headlines. Juicy Scoop is the pop culture news you want to hear. No BS, no filter, no filler. Raw, real, and in the moment. Throw in the hilarity of amazing comedians that you'll instantly be obsessed with, a juicy crime story, and a dash of normal life in L.A. moments, and you've got yourself an amazing week of Juicy Scoop. Two episodes every week, every Tuesday and Thursday. It will never let you down. The first rallying cry for Justin's cancellation came in February 2021 after the release of controversial documentary Framing Britney Spears. The film tracks Britney's life and career, including her mental health breakdown, her conservatorship, and Timberlake's reckless response to their breakup. Cue one of the most fabulous dragathons in social media history. From Twitter to Instagram to Reddit, Britney's fans were on JT's neck, demanding he come to the mic and do right by their queen. Quote, Hashtag framing Britney Spears is just another reminder that Justin Timberlake is a gross man baby, read one tweet. Quote, Hi Justin, I've been defending you and looking the other way for years, and that stops now. You really should take responsibility for the way you step on women. Bye! read another comment under one of his IG posts. Okay, but what exactly did Justin do to Britney? Let's go back, way back to the early 2000s. Britney and Justin were the it couple who seemed to have it all. Conventional beauty, 
skyrocketing careers, and an innocent and intoxicating love. And they could actually pull off matching outfits unironically. Double-double denim at the American Music Awards, anyone? But alas, a lifelong partnership it was not. In 2002, the Timber Spears love boat made like the Titanic and sunk. The cause of their split? Britney's alleged cheating with choreographer Wade Robson. JT responded the only way a 21-year-old heartbroken male music star surrounded by yes people looking to capitalize on his potential could do. He put it all in a song. Crimea River, one of JT's early solo singles released nine months after the breakup, made it super clear who was the villain out of him and Spears, lyrically and visually. And the song's video was a lot. JT posing as a creepy stalker trying to torment a Britney lookalike by having sex in her home and leaving taped evidence for her to watch. Ugh, yuck. Okay, sidebar. According to the video's director, Francis Lawrence, JT was up for shedding his squeaky clean boy band image in favor of connecting to his dark side and apparently enjoyed the video's not-so-subtle Britney references. <laughs> Double yuck. While Justin publicly denied the song was about Britney, she kept it cute. Quote, Boys will be boys, she told Total Request Live when asked for her views on the video. The media, on the other hand, clung to a different gender stereotype. Britney became the monstrous harlot hell-bent on seeking revenge and having, quote, a good time. Read, partying, drinking, sleeping around. Meanwhile, Justin was the innocent, eligible bachelor just trying to move past his heartbreak and make good music. The seeds of sexual double standards were officially sown, and Justin was determined to do everything he could to reap the rewards. In 2002 alone, he previewed a new song called Horrible Woman, think Crimea River 2.0, during a promotional interview with Barbara Walters, and laughed sarcastically when asked if Britney kept her promise to stay a virgin until marriage. He kikied about his and Britney's bedroom antics on a Hot 97 radio show. Quote, Okay, I did it. He blurts out when asked if he had sex with Britney, barely stifling his laughter like an extra from American Pie. He also trashed Britney's career choices, telling one magazine that she wouldn't have made Crossroads if, quote, she had a clue. And as the years roll on, so did the Britney shade. 2006, JT is dating Cameron Diaz and promoting his second album, Future Sex Love Sounds. Yet Britney is never far from his mind. He tells GQ magazine that Britney had the chance to stick up for him when they broke up, but chose not to. Quote, which is fine, but at the time, you know, I fought back, he adds. 2008, while inducting Madonna into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he tells the audience, quote, the world has always been full of Madonna wannabes. I might have even dated a couple, end quote. This constant need to attack Britney is all the more tragic given the trajectory of her life at the time. In 2006, she was embroiled in a bitter divorce and custody battle with her second husband, Kevin Federline. She was also the subject of much media attention, with paparazzi chasing her down 24-7 for pics to sell to the highest bidding tabloid or trash magazine. Then there were her treatment facility stints, psychiatric holds, public meltdowns, and the cherry on the crappiest of cakes, her near-criminal conservatorship. 
Now, we can't say that Justin was to blame for Britney's downward spiral, but his constant public digs at her expense were hardly ointment for her pain. While Britney was being battered by the press and having her life threatened by first ladies, we see you, Kendall Ehrlich, Justin was being lauded as the sexy heir to Michael Jackson's crown. Which makes his treatment of his idol's little sister Janet in the aftermath of 2004's Nipplegate all the harder to swallow. A primer. In 1998, Justin and his bandmates were having the time of their lives opening up for Miss Jackson on her Velvet Rope tour. She'd handpicked the group to help raise their profile. And it worked. Their debut album went from number 82 in the US charts to diamond status, moving over 10 million units. As a massive Janet Jackson fan, JT was stoked. In a fan Q&A session on Yahoo in 1999, he describes touring with Janet as fulfilling, lists her as one of the things he'd take on a deserted island, and says she's the best celebrity he's met. The pair developed a friendship and, in the early 2000s, were rumored to be getting it on. She even lent her vocals an ultra-famous name to the album Justified, duetting with him on the hot and steamy track, and she said, take me now. But no good deed goes unpunished. Fast forward to 2004, and Janet Jackson is preparing to blow the roof off the Super Bowl 38 halftime show. JT is her surprise and only guest, joining her for a rendition of his top five hit, Rock Your Body. Side note, Michael Jackson was originally offered the song, but turned it down. Ooh, the plot thickens. Anyway, Janet and Justin are bumping and grinding all over the stadium stage. It's spicy, but not indecent. That is, until Justin follows the line, bet I'll have you naked by the end of this song, with a strong tug on Janet's corset-style top, revealing her bare, bejeweled breast. She looks down, shocked. He stands there, fabric in hand. Pyrotechnics shoot to the sky. The 72,000-strong audience cheers. The stage goes dark. The end. Psych, this is America. The place where 9 16th of a second of bare bosom on TV, albeit broadcast to millions of people worldwide, turns into over two decades of harsh critique and cancellation. Only if you're a black woman, of course. While Janet reportedly left the stage and the city in floods of tears, Justin stayed to chat with the press. When asked about his steamy performance, he smiles and brags that he, quote, loves giving y'all something to talk about, end quote. But with his ever-growing bag on the line, he quickly switches tack, calling it an unintended and regrettable wardrobe malfunction and apologizing for causing offense. MTV, who produced the show, also claimed the stunt was unplanned. Janet stands up and shoulders the blame, saying the costume reveal was added after final rehearsals at the ignorance of MTV, CBS, and the NFL. And just like that, Janet becomes the anti-hero, and all the corporations involved immediately point the finger firmly in her direction. Now, you're probably thinking that with his lifelong idol in the firing line, Justin would hop on his white horse and swoop in to protect her. <sighs> Have you learned anything? Timberfake, I mean Timberlake, goes to the press again, moaning that the incident is ruining his reputation and the great year he's had so far. Oh, boo-hoo. 
If you compare their lives post-Nipplegate, you'll see Justin truly was the victor. Janet was dropped from her Room and Grammys tribute performance for Luther Vandross that year. Justin won two awards and got to perform, allegedly after some serious groveling to CBS and an agreement to apologize on stage. Janet's singles and music videos were blacklisted from all Viacom platforms, including MTV, CBS, and Infinity Broadcasting Radio Station Group, thanks in part to CBS CEO Les Moonves, who now had a personal vendetta against her. While his plan worked somewhat for album Demita Joe, oh, that was her first album to not top in the charts in 20 years despite favorable critique review, the album eventually went platinum later that year. The band would last for another two Janet albums. Justin, the Teflon man Timberlake, on the other hand, saw all his succeeding albums hit number one and receive platinum certification. I could go on, but the plot doesn't change. It took two years for Justin to publicly acknowledge the inequalities at play. Quote, If you consider it 50-50, then I probably got 10% of the blame, he tells MTV. I think America is harsher on women. I think America is unfairly harsh on ethnic people. End quote. Slow clap. But Janet's fans ain't forget. When Justin took to Twitter to announce he's headlining the 2018 Super Bowl halftime show, his mentions were peppered with people pointing out the racism and misogyny of it all. On the day of his performance, former NFL player Matthew Cherry rallied the troops, encouraging users to fill the Twitter timeline with content celebrating Ms. Jackson under the hashtag Janet Jackson Appreciation Day, a tradition that continues to this day. In 2021, Janet's fans showed out for her again, using the Framing Britney documentary to remind folk of Justin's crimes against their fave. Quote, Growing up is learning that Justin Timberlake was the villain. First with Britney, then with Janet. Wow, all the homies hate Justin. The only JTR recognizes is a city girl, read one tweet. Okay, so what's a lad to do when he's trying to mind his business, but his name's getting hauled through the dirt for past indiscretions? Well, post an iOS notes apology on Instagram. Duh. In it, Justin acknowledges his privilege as a white man in the entertainment industry and apologizes for contributing to the problem. He then apologizes to Brittany and Janet, quote, because I care for and respect these women and I know I failed, end quote. He finishes by pledging to do better. Unfortunately for him, folks on the socials weren't buying what he was serving up. They stomped all over his mentions, accusing him of taking too long to apologize, taking insufficient responsibility for the impact of his actions, trying to save his own career, and hiding behind type words. Some people pointed out that Brittany and Janet weren't the only survivors of Mr. Trouser Snake. There was the time he kissed Jessica Simpson as an adult and bragged about it to Ryan Gosling, with whom he'd made a bet when he was 12. Then there was a time he slapped Kylie Minogue's bum during their 2003 Brit Awards performance, allegedly without her consent, and then bragged about it on a radio show. Hmm. Brittany and Janet have been less vocal about JT's act of contrition. Six months after JT's post, Britney seemed to reference him on her Instagram, sending her fans into a frenzy. 
but they shouldn't have been surprised. She's previously posted videos of her dancing to JT's songs and even dubbed him a genius, to which he responded with the crying and prayer hands emojis. To his credit, Justin did come out in support of Britney during her conservatorship battle last year and has apparently requested a private audience with the singer to apologize in person. In Janet's case, the walk to redemption is less straightforward. The release of the documentary, Malfunction, The Dressing Down of Janet Jackson, last November, has fans and viewers all fired up again, with many using the hashtag JusticeForJanet to take Timberlake to task. And then there's the revelation by Janet's former stylist last April that Justin intentionally staged the malfunction to outdo Britney's onstage menage a trois at the MTV VMAs. <laughs> Damn that show. And then there's the little Instagram incident last year where Justin's former music manager recommended Janet Jackson take her own advice to choose love over hate and apply it to her relationship with Justin. JT was apparently unaware of the social media exchange. Well, that's Justin for you. Oblivious to everything except his bag, which is something he continues to get into, thanks to his inability to be truly canceled for his offenses against famous women and black culture. But child, that's a conversation for another time. This episode was written by Anique Simpson. 